This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. You're listening to A Sunday Kind of Love. I'm Maya Tan. On today's show, the Kakiseni Festival features performer Stuart Bowden and the MPO gets us off the internet and into an actual music hall. Christina Oro and I discuss gems and bizarre finds on YouTube with nine-year-old YouTube expert Mia Elena. And we debut our monthly beauty tried and tested hacks for all the girls who want to get the perfect winged eye. The Internet of Things Recently, I watched the movie Her, directed by Spike Jones and starring Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson, of course. And I literally had to sit down and think about it when I was done because it hit me so hard. How do you share your life with somebody? The woman that I've been seeing, Samantha. She's an operating system. You're dating in a West? What is that like? I feel really close to her. Like, when I talk to her, I feel like she's with me. I want to learn everything about everything. I want to discover myself. I want that for you, too. You're dating a computer? She's not just a computer. You always wanted to have a wife without the challenges of actually dealing with anything real. I'm glad that you found someone. I don't know what I want. Am I in this because I'm strong enough for a real relationship? Is it not a real relationship? I've never loved anyone the way I love you. Me too. Now we know how. The idea that technology and the internet can be preferred over real life is a very scary prospect. What's even more chilling is that Spike Jones conceived of this movie 20 years ago when the internet was but a baby. Chilling because what he conceived from just messing about with an online bot has almost become a reality. Well, almost. And I'm not the only one affected by this. Author and psychiatrist Esther Perel says it best in a video by The Creators Project documenting people's reactions to this film. The conversation is often framed, you know, is technology harmful? Does it make people more lonely? We don't know, you know, we just understand that they may modify the way we go about meeting our basic human needs, but they don't change our fundamental human needs. So, inspired, I decided to start a relationship with Siri, and this is what I got. Siri, what is the meaning of life? Life, a principal force that is considered to underlie the distinctive quality of animate beings. I guess that includes me. So does that mean that you're alive? I'm an assistant. That's all that matters, right? Siri, do you think I'm attractive? I really couldn't say. Why? Why can't you say, Siri? I don't understand. Why, why can't you say, Siri? But I could search the web for it. Never mind. Can you send an email to the future me? To whom would you like to send this message? Me. What's the subject of your email? Digital technology. Okay, what would you like the email to say? Hey you, this is a message from the past and I want you to remember that you should never ever let... Here's your email message to Maya Tan Abdullah. No, wait, I haven't finished. Can you send it? No, wait, I haven't finished. To continue, you can send, cancel, change subject, add, or change message. Continue. I don't know what you mean by continue. To continue, you can send, cancel, change subject, add, or change message. Yeah, you said to continue, so I just want to continue. 
Okay, Maya, I'll send it. No, wait! So to cut the story short, I'm a little bit comforted by the fact that I will not be having a relationship with my OS anytime soon. So enough about the internet, let's get you out and about and off the internet. So last week, we spoke a little bit about the Kakiseni Festival that's happening in Pavilion from the 12th to the 16th of September. Um, they've got a big black box set up in the centre court that's serving as a mini theatrette. There are performances every day which are free of charge and are on a first-come, first-served basis. So this is um, Kakiseni's way to spread the love, you know, mm. and get people to appreciate the arts a little bit more. The shows feature artists from Belgium, Netherlands, Canada, Australia, Spain and Argentina. And it's a mix of object theatre, dance, sound and movement this is a great opportunity to see the arts being performed by people from all these countries yep. you know um, there's a local performance called Pearls for the Picking which sounds kind of interesting it's performed in a mix of Mandarin Malay Hokkien and English and it's a performance of three pieces inspired by real life stories and experiences of people living and working in Georgetown there's also a pretty <laughs> offbeat sounding performance by Stuart Bowden called She Was Probably Not a Robot and it follows the journey of a man who's the sole survivor of a flood and fire apocalypse that, judging by the title of the name, also includes some kooky sci-fi elements. And there's also lots of other things going on beyond the black box, like flash performances, outdoor plays, musical acts. You can take a look at festival.kakisani.com to check out the calendar and see what's playing at what time. The next up on the calendar is the Day One Philharmonic Festival 2014. Mm. So it's a three-day affair that's all about showcasing homegrown music. Uh, the festival kicks off at DFP on September the 16th, which is Malaysia Day, with the first show titled Acoustica One. So on the first day, we'll be seeing acts like OAG, Seven Collar T-Shirt, Monologue and Basement Syndicate. Oh, I love Basement Syndicate. Yeah. They do some really nice uh, neo-soul and funk stuff. Uh, I think it's cool that they're getting all these different bands to play at the Day One Philharmonic. It is, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then on, there's even um, a second day of Acoustica, which happens on the 20th of September, and it'll have pop acts. Like Hujan, wow. Bang Face, mm. as well as Zainal Abidin, Ning Zura, Elvira Arul, and Atilia. Mm. The festival ends the next day on the 21st with a concert by the Malaysian Philharmonic Orchestra, uh, which is themed Malaysia Tanah Airku. As the name suggests, it's going to be a more traditional and patriotic affair. Uh, Datuk M. Nasir will be singing Bonda. Datuk Yusni Hamid will be singing Tinggallah Mustika Hati. Wow. And it sounds like it's going to be a nice nostalgic stroll down memory lane. Mm-hmm. So the tickets are priced between 70 and 100 ringgit for the first two concerts and between 40 to 150 for Malaysia Tanah Airku. Or you can go all out and get a three-day pass for 120 ringgit, which sounds like a steal to me. So more details on the show and ticket prices on www.mpo.com.my. Um, and to keep things musical, Publica will be having their annual Jazz Festival. That's happening on the 19th and 20th of September from 6pm. It's going to be a lovely and free two-day outdoor event in conjunction with Publica's own anniversary. So if you're a jazz fan, you can head over to Publica today because at 3pm, they'll be holding a jazz workshop in the square. Steve Thornton will be on percussions. He's been playing the circuit for quite a fair amount of years and I learned how to play the drums with Steve as well for wow. a short stint. Uh, Maria Angela will be on vocals and Willie Rabano I think will be on piano that's the one um, they're a husband and wife team and I guess uh, Maria Willie and Steve Thornton will be giving tips and tutorials on how to perform some snazzy jazz tunes <laughs> so you can check out Publica's Facebook page uh, facebook.com slash Publica Gallery for more information 
sports buffs and spectators will have the Malaysian Open to look forward to in the next week. It's the sixth year of the Malaysian Open, which is the same age as BFM. Yay! <laughs> and it's a part of the ATP World Tour 250 Series. Tennis fans should be really excited to watch Nishikori, Golbis, Raonic, Kyrgios and the defending finalists Souza and Beneteau in action from September 20th to the 28th at Bukit Jalil Stadium. However, Argentinian Juan Martín del Potro, yeah, who is currently world-ranked at number 13, won't be able to partake in this year's Open on the count of a wrist injury. And what about Malaysian players? Yeah, we've got three Malaysian players who will be featuring as wild cards in the tournament, uh, giving them a chance at, o- at the over a million US dollar prize money. Wow. Mm-hmm. Said Muhammad Agil Said Nagib, Muhammad Asri Marzuki and Muhammad Ashari Zainal Abidin have all been given the green light to play in the singles qualifying event while Muhammad Agil received the additional honour of partnering the half-kampong kid Nick Kyrgios in the doubles main draw as a wildcard pairing. Sweet! Mm. Nick Kyrgios is the half-Australian and half-Malaysian uh, 19-year-old who caused some hoo-ha internationally when he defeated Rafael Nadal. No! <laughs> and was the first wildcard to make it into the quarterfinals at the Wimbledon 2014 tournament. Okay, Malaysia Bully. Yes. Yes, but of course, the hoo-ha here you know, was more that he was half Malaysian rather than anything else. We just always want to claim any bit of any famous person that's Malaysian. We are just trying you know, to if his fun shorts, If his shorts are made in Malaysia, we will claim that. It's, yes, and you can get more information at www.ticketcharge.com.my Ooh, and guess what? I don't know what you mean. Shut up, Siri. If you've always wanted to know what the lyrics to Opa Gangnam mean, all you had to do was get onto YouTube. There's a girl in the day, she's warm and pretty and nice. A classy girl drinking double latte on ice. A girl who starts to keep the club up whenever the night arrives. A girl who's got that kind of spice. But before that, here's a little piece of news. U2's new album, Songs of Innocence, is out. And guess what? It's absolutely free for a limited time on iTunes. So go download it now. This is every breaking wave. But oh, I want to have your babies! On a Sunday Kind of Love, BFM 89.9. Every breaking wave on the shore Till the next one there'll be one more And every gambler knows to lose is what you're really there for summer It's a Sunday kind of love, I'm Maya Tan. Did you know that more than 1 billion unique users visit YouTube each month? 100 hours of video are uploaded to YouTube every minute and over 6 billion hours of video are watched every month on YouTube. That's almost an hour for every person on Earth. Did you know that you can just about find any sort of visual video on YouTube including a song about meningitis? Meningitis is a bummer When your head starts to pound and finally, I didn't know this one, but one of the biggest YouTube know-it-alls out there happens to be a nine-year-old who hangs around our office. Say hello to Mia Elena and Christina Oro, our resident couch potato. 
I don't know about you, you know, but sometimes I shake my head because I can't remember a time before everyone had a smartphone and a Facebook page. And of course, the term the Internet of Things actually refers to this concept of sensors being embedded into everyday objects so that they can feed more information to the whole big data machine. And I spoke to someone recently on another show that I do about smart cities of the future and microwaves, washing machines cars, you name it, everything will have a sensor in it that will feed information back to somebody who can use that information. Is that scary or what? That's pretty scary. That's also, uh, you know, the whole idea of Big Brother being in the very distant future. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's it's almost, I think it is a reality almost because um, almost anything, even whatever you have on your phone, mm-hmm. potentially could be accessed by anybody mm-hmm. who has the ability but but being plugged into this sort of huge internet consciousness, I think, on the one hand, it's very, it's it seems like it might be very liberating. On the other, mm-hmm. it's almost like an addiction. You can't really remember how it, things used to be when you just would get out, look at the sun, look at the the trees and the birds, and enjoy yourself. Exactly, and I, I think now you know we're just bowled over by the technology and the possibility of things that we're like, wow, it's so cool. Yes, we're all for innovation, we're all for technology, and then when it sets in and we realize how much of our privacy is being relinquished, um, yeah, you know how, how much, much of a digital footprint we leave every time we go onto the internet. Your experience of life really becomes this sort of fake identity, which is not really you. I mean, we have our identities on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We hardly ever show the bad sides of our lives unless we're making a joke of it or making it interesting in some way. Mia, what do you think of the internet? When was the first time that you started using it, actually? How young were you when you started using it? Four, because I created Facebook. Well, you know, today I was thinking that, you know, we could take the term loosely, the Internet of Things. Uh, We could take it loosely to mean how the Internet seems to be permeating everything that we do, Mm -hmm. right? And and how you can find just about any kind of video, apart from pornography, (laughs) on YouTube. You know, you can find tutorials, documentaries, trailers to full-length movies if you're clever about searching. And perhaps we could wade through the nude celebrity leaks and the ALS ice bucket challenges to discover some of the gems that you found that you like and also some of the more bizarre finds on YouTube and the internet. Sometimes you're just going along and searching and you just think, how did I end up on this video and why am I watching it again and again? Things like pimple popping videos and yeah like it just comes in the suggestions <laughs> and like like the most like viewed video of yeah. like the day or think, something I'll just have a look because I need to see oh, what most no. people like to look at yeah. and you think no wonder <laughs> yes <laughs> the squirm factor is really yeah. high and I actually saw a video of a cow being like shredded to make like beef or burgers and I was like no 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 <laughs> Right, so we started off with a couple of gross videos that we found on <laughs> mm. YouTube. Are there any more bizarre finds? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Bizarre tends to be gross, <laughs> what, I've, what I've seen. <laughs> well, there was um, that lady with a, a, a spoof of a Tudung tutorial. Oh, she was oh, fantastic. Yeah. 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 I don't know who that person is, but I came across it 
through Daphne Eking's Facebook and she had posted it and she herself was like, who are you? Please contact me because this lady was hilarious and she was giving her own little um, tudung, um, tutorial. Tutorial. Yeah. Let's listen to a clip now. Tuan-tuan dan puan-puan, apa khabar? Selamat berpuasa. Uh, hari ini saya nak tunjukkan macam mana nak pakai uh, tudung meriah hijab setelah 2014. Okay. Uh, pertama kali kita kena ada serukup. Okay. Kena pakai ni uh, untuk dalaman kita. Warna hitam pun tak apa. Okay. Hmm, panjang ke pendek ke tak apa. Haa. Cantik tak? Okay. Yang kalau yang bengkok-bengkok ni kan. Uh, kalau macamnya macam ni tak tak apa. Tertiup je. Haa. Begitu kan. Itu luaran dia. Haa. Luaran dia. Kita kena ada syok. Uh, harimau ke apa ke buaya ke. Pelanduk ke apa. Tak apa. Penting kita kena ada dalaman dan luaran. Yang ni ada hujung dia kan. Haa. Ambil yang uh, depan sikit, kita lilit ke bawah ni. Ha, biar ada space kat sini. Ha? Cantik tak? <laughs> Cantik tak? <laughs> she was spot on. She just she just did it with such rise. Mm -hmm. There was wit in her script, you know, and it also didn't seem very scripted. It was kind of like off-the-cuff kind of improv. Yeah. You know, I love the things where, you know, the fringe is like, merentasi awan, you know, she uses <laughs> words like that. Which is exactly the lingo that those people hawking, you know. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, the idea of how to beautify yourself when you've only got a scarf. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> she's showing you how to make your tudung perfect, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. And uh, also that line that, that, that we like, right? Yeah. When she's um, draping the Christmas accessories <laughs> over her, her neck and she goes, Lilitkan untuk kali kedua atau kali terakhir. As in like, yes, go kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> she's very urban and very sophisticated. And, uh, and you know. But and, she's, and she's not like nasty. She's yeah. just picking up on something that... Mm -hmm people do. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't overly nasty and at some point you actually believe that she's doing this for real. Yes. And sometimes, um, but it's actually just for laughs and fun mm -hmm. to share with your friends and hmm. I think that's one thing I really like about YouTube and the internet <laughs> is that this kind of light-hearted, sarcastic <laughs> yeah, it's nasty but if you get it it's actually just light-hearted and it's it's a sense of humor that we can't really get on TV <laughs> because everybody's got to keep it as uh, as straightforward, so to speak, as possible so that nobody gets offended and, and that kind of thing. Mm. I like that. Mia, you watch a lot of YouTube, do you? Yeah. Do you watch YouTube every day? Do you go log on to YouTube every day? Yeah. What are your some of the favorite channels that you follow? Well, usually for like... Just to make myself laugh, I watch Niga Higa. Okay. And if and I'm a fan of Rainbow Loom, so if I want to learn how to make bracelets, I either watch just the original Rainbow Loom channel or Tutorials by A. That's your favorite. Tutorials by A. Is that somebody who's just decided to put up? Yeah. Yeah, she's That's amazing. Um, an Asian girl out of America. Right. And recently she received a silver play button from Google for having how many subscribers? Not from Google, YouTube. Uh, sorry, from YouTube. How many subscribers? Um, I think it was 100,000 subscribers. Yeah, wow. 100,000 subscribers. That's if amazing. you get like the gold play button, it means you have like a million. Wow. But these YouTubers, I mean, I always thought of YouTube as a place to try and find a specific video. Mm -hmm. I yeah. never really thought of it as a place where people are developing their own content, as in making their own TV stations. So there are many, many people who have created such a following and, you know, 
all these awards like the gold play and the silver mm. play button mm -hmm. have come about because you have to acknowledge that these people are really making headway. Mm -hmm. And that's where reality shows like Internet Icon have come about. Right. Uh, so Internet Icon is your American idol for YouTubers. Oh, right. People who want to get into, into it or already have a vlog mm -hmm. or uh, a channel of their yeah. own. They have to uh, give the judges a video and the three judges have to watch it. Then they'll have to and then at the end of the day or video, they'll decide on a winner or some elimination. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's great because um, without sort of realizing it, I only sort of tuned into this, this phenomenon of people who have been creating amazing content. Mm. And these are not institutions. You have things like the Khan Academy, which started about uh, this guy was studying in the States, I think, and then he was sending back videos to tutor his younger brother in India. Wow. And he developed the Khan Academy because it was very, very clear how he was teaching his maths. And if you go to the Khan Academy YouTube page, there's tons of things that you could, you know, some children learn better visually or from yes. listening rather than from following a teacher's instructions. Wow. That's amazing. I that's think that's amazing. fabulous. Yeah. And obviously they're getting some kind of funding because they're so far reaching. And in this way, people, individuals are actually creating substance and content for the internet or even, you know, as a replacement for TV. Mm -hmm. Nobody's born smart. We all start at zero. Can't talk, can't walk, certainly can't do algebra. Adding, reading, riding, riding a bike? Nobody's good at anything at first. There was a time when Einstein couldn't count to 10. And Shakespeare had to learn his ABCs just like the rest of us. Thankfully, we're born to learn. Slowly, surely, you stumble, slip, crawl, fall, and fail, and fall. Frustrating, confusing, trying, struggling. Until one day, you walk. So I, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. Any others uh, on your list, Christina? Well, there was one, a YouTube channel called The Vlog Brothers. Okay. And it's these two brothers who, um, because they were living separately, they would video log to each other during the week. So twice a week, one would talk to the other and then the other one would reply and then they'd do challenges and then they'd give each other facts. And, and it was a very interesting, um, partly social commentary, partly uh, just rhetoric, the, you know, these boys just talking to each other. Hmm. And some of you may know one of them as uh, who is John Green. The brothers are John Green and Hank Green. John Green, not the John Green yeah, of who wrote the Fault, the Fault in Our Stars, right. which ended up being in a move, uh, becoming a movie, which mm. I think has done very well, and has been translated into Malay and is being sold by Fixie. Absolutely, you yeah. go, Amir Mohammed <laughs> and Amir Hafizi. So um, these guys, very, very, very articulate gentlemen, who obviously love each other, have a very loving family. So it's a very positive relationship going on there, which I thought was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And they would comment about politics and social aspects of life and I thought they were great. Good morning, John! So I have a head cold, which I would complain about, except that you just got home from the hospital because you have viral meningitis. Which is maybe a little bit worse than a cold. Uh, so I feel like I should suck it up and just do my best to entertain you, make you feel better while your head is trying to fall off of your body. And in the spirit of questionable copyright, I'm gonna do it with the help of my friend, Calvin Harris. Meningitis is a bummer. When your head starts to pound 
the stiffness in the neck and the sensitivity to sound rising pressure in your cranium and your blood pressure down your brain gets stuffed for oxygen now but you will rebound meningitis is a bummer There's a whole sort of culture of YouTubers who I think sort of know each other. Yeah, yeah, they right? do. They appear some, in each other's videos. Some YouTubers actually hate each other. Oh, really? But however, their relationship with the other YouTuber is, they always have to support the YouTuber. Yeah, it's quite a that. positive atmosphere. Hmm. Can you tell us more about uh, what channels you watch, Mia? You mentioned Niga Higa, which is uh, Ryan Higa's channel. Yeah. Why do you watch that? Because it's funny. Just nonsense that I like to watch. He does a lot of crazy stuff. Like he's that. not so young anymore. He's about thirty now. Isn't no, he? he's still twenty. Oh, really? In his twenties. <gasps> so he was quite young when he started out. I suppose. Welcome to How to Be a Rapper. If you don't already know, my name is R Dizzle, and welcome to the show. By the time you finish watching this video, you're gonna know how to rap like a pro. Fashion, no, yo, ho, toe. I just keep giving these rhymes out for free. You're welcome to the show. First thing you gotta do in order to be a rapper is to come up with your rapper name. A lot of people spend way too much time choosing the rapper name. All you gotta do is pick something simple that makes sense to who you are. For example, Eminem. He created that name because his real name is Marshall Mathers. M and M. Get it? Like the candy M and M's, which happens to be a chocolate, which is like the phone he used to have back in the day, the chocolate cell phone. And cell phone has the word cell in it, like a jail cell. Jail sounds like the initials J O J O backwards is like O J O J, not like the orange juice, but like O J Simpson, the convict. Like convict music founded by Akon, Akon, Acorn, Acorn. On a cob, Webster's Dictionary, wind that back to acorn. A single corn, a unicorn, a unicorn, which is mystical and magical. The two M's, Eminem, and that's how Eminem got his name. Simple as that. Next, you're gonna need your signature look. Something that people will look at and instantly think of you and only you. For example, Lil Jon has a big ass cup. Pharrell has a big ass hat. Nicki Minaj has a big ass concoction of colors on her face. In order to really sound like a rapper, you have to learn how to unenunciate. Every rapper knows that the one thing you don't want people to do when they listen to your rap is understand it. So you really want to unenunciate. So you want to not speak clearly. For example, if the line is, Man, I love that girl twerking on the dance floor. Which is a pretty common rap line. You just have to unenunciate to make it sound more rappy. Man, I love that girl twerking on the dance floor. Easy. He started making videos for his family every Sunday. It was like a traditional thing. <laughs> and some of these YouTubers have gotten really high profile, you know, they're, they've got seating at the, the, the VMA Awards, right? Yeah. Um, Smosh would be one of them, Ian and Anthony. Yeah. What are their names? Ian Hickox and Anthony Padilla. And they've done some high profile interviews with people like Tom Hiddleston. Emma Watson and Dwayne Johnson. And and they were prank interviews as well. So, yeah. you know, they were <laughs> going they along were a lot. joking and playing around. Tom. Hey. Ian Hickox. Hecox. But what was your last name again? Uh, Hecox. Hecox. Yeah. yeah. Okay. D my my surname is crazier than that. Hiddleston. Did they ever say Kittlestone? They never like, did. Did they ever say Kidney Stone? <laughs> no, that's a first. Getting too far. No, Kidney Stone is a first. I quite like that actually. Wait. Okay. Can you give a a freestyle rap about? about Thor, the dark world. I'll lay down the beat. Halfway through his rap, start making your beat really stupid and obnoxious. This is a story about the two boys of Asgard race to the top, they're going faster than NASCAR. That's good fun. Well, you know what's a great channel? 
epic rap battles of history. Oh, yeah. Or they are hilarious. And they go through a whole... They, they really produce it. So there's fantastic costumes, really well-written lyrics. And, and they get facts yes. in the lyrics. So they really... It's actually an interesting... If you can get over the F-words, <laughs> an interesting yeah. way of teaching history because they aren't just giving you the facts. They're actually comparing two historical figures from different eras. Yes, I think I saw one on Henry VIII. Right. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. And there was one on Joan the Arc. Joan of Arc. Yeah, Joan of Arc. And Miley Cyrus, wasn't it? Comparing those yeah. two? <laughs> yeah. To see, and then what they ask at the end is, who won? So mm-hmm. historically, which one? Yeah, and they won. would ask people to comment. <laughs> Talking about epic rap battles of history. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love watching Jimmy Fallon. Oh yeah, yeah, and all his videos, Night shows. Yeah, um, you and of course he he's done a couple of um, rap and lip sync battles with celebrities. He's a pretty fantastic singer and performer, actually. Yes, he is. I think I take my hat off to Jimmy Fallon. You know, yeah. just really so witty, so smart, so funny, and his guests when they go on there. I mean, you see them on screen and you think, yeah, you know, they're pretty talented. But when Justin Timberlake is on his show, when Emma Stone is on his show, you just see a different side of them and you go like, whoa, they're more <laughs> awesome than they already than I already think they are. Like Channing Tatum. Mm, yes. Breaks down that whole barrier of I'm a fan and that person's a star. But you, you kind of feel more like this is your brother or, you know, the way you would act if you had a camera and you could do this kind of thing. Yeah, that, that's one of the good things about YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. It kind of breaks down the barriers. Um, you're suddenly the star of your own tutorial, mm. right? And Mia, you should start your singing videos soon. Well, speaking of local YouTubers, I like watching The Ming Thing. The Ming Thing. I just saw the Merdeka one, how, to, how to spot if you're Malaysian, how to find out if you're Malaysian. <laughs> It was pretty funny. I just love how they latch on to just the quirks and foibles that make us Malaysian. Mm-hmm. The good stuff and the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that you kind of go, oh God, that person's like that. And then you realise, well, I've done that too. I know. <laughs> I know. And they really milk it and make it, and they just do it so well. I think that, you know, kudos to them. In this latest Merdeka video, there's a scene, they're in this jam-packed, double-parked shop house area and then um, this guy's like looking around and then Alvin goes up to him and says like, what are you looking at? What's wrong? I do it. I've just been looking for parking for an hour. I can't find any. No parking? You're blind, are you? Ne? Ne? Right here? Nah, that fella coming out? Wow, that one can fit two elephants, right? And that was just hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> um, back to you, Mia. There are actually quite a number of good kids' YouTube channels, which I like. Kid President is one. 
Yep, oh, have you seen yeah. Kid President? I've seen some of his videos. Yes. He's actually just so adorable. He's got all the right values and he really is a kid president. I think he should be president of all kids. Yeah. And there's a lovely story behind it. I think his stepfather is the one who creates all these videos. Oh, yeah. And they obviously have a very, very good relationship. They're always joshing each other yeah. and, <laughs> and, and laughing, you know, breaking into laughter. So that's a very heartwarming one to watch. Do you like Kid President? Yes, I love Kid President. Why? Because his stuff is so funny. Funny, but you can actually relate to it sometimes. <laughs> is that Josh Groban? Mr. Kid President, you just hit the perfect note. The magical note that I always appear whenever I hear that specific note. I hit the perfect note? No, I'm only here because your fans really bugged the heck out of me. Oh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay, you know, as, as the Kid President, sometimes you have to do what you need to do to get things done. And, I, and I'm sorry, Mr. Kid President, that it took so long for us to finally meet. I forgive you, dude. Thank you. Yeah, man, we're friends. We're the best of friends. Can I call you Joshua? You can absolutely call me Joshua. Okay, Joshua, go on. <laughs> well, I like that pronunciation. That's very, that's very European. Now, I know you sing, but some people tell me you don't dance. Is that true? Unfortunately, I have found that my strengths lie in singing and, and not in dancing. I'm not, I'm not a very good dancer, but you are a, a very good dancer, is that correct? Oh, yeah. I wanted to share some of the things that I've found, which I treasure on YouTube. And I know people are going to give me a lot of flack for this, but Merchant Ivory Films. Oh, really? <laughs> I know, Mia's just rolling her eyes because, you know, there are all these period things that I like. Um, but... Merchant Ivory actually has their own channel on it and you can find like complete versions of some of their movies such as A Room with a View and there was one made for TV film that never ever made it here it's called Page 8 right. and it's you know espionage British Secret Service yeah. with Bill Nye and um, Rachel Wise wow that one's something to look out for and there are lots of period dramas on <laughs> uh, one of my favourites is Agatha Christie's Poirot mm -hmm. All the Jane Austen you can ever think of, like, you know, done in 1985, Pride and Prejudice, and 2000, Pride and Prejudice. Right. If you're clever, you can actually find a lot of things. Yeah. You have to be clever because they will not put the film title directly as the um, title of the clip. Right. But if you move along, you know, period dramas, and then you click and click and click, somehow you'll find your way into, like, some golden pages. Yeah. And then you, you, could, you could spend a lot of time on YouTube <laughs> you if you're can. not careful. Yeah. <laughs> I want to mention and Link, mm. a couple of guys who write their own original music and they have sort of educational slash quirky uh, outlook on life. So they have some informational stuff, but then they write music about things like discovering that they have a belly button. <laughs> <laughs> and then they think, well, it's deep enough to plant a seed. Okay. And so they film themselves with a little tree <laughs> growing out of their <laughs> belly button. Very enjoyable and very um, 
charming young men, and I, oh. I really like that channel. Oh no, Mia's <laughs> gonna go home and plant something in her belly button. You know, she's like a big fan of taking your your green bean, yeah. putting it into a little bit of wet cotton, and then watching it grow. Yeah. And every time my mom comes over, she's like, again, make tauge. <laughs> Because she can. Because, because she, she can. can. And because of YouTube, we can. We can. I'm really excited about our first ever tried and tested beauty hack segment coming up next. But before that, here's Zella Day with some Sunday Kind of Love music with East of Eden. This is Maya Tan on A Sunday Kind of Love, BFM 89.9. Listening to BFM 89.9, this is a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan, and for the first time ever, we bring you a Sunday kind of love's once a month special on beauty with reviews and some nifty tricks. This week, Tasha Fusil and I will be looking at eyeliners and how to achieve the perfect winged eye. We all love a good beauty hack and learning a quick and easy way to apply eyeliner is definitely one of the more useful ones to learn. Because unless you're a professional makeup artist or you have the steady hands of a surgeon, achieving the perfect flick or cat eye can be quite the challenge. Um, you girls know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, when you set out to get that Alexa Chung flick but you end up looking like Amy Winehouse instead. <laughs> <laughs> so for the sake of the perfect cat eye, I decided to try out some eyeliner hacks to see which ones work best. Um, but Maya, you had a look at some good eyeliners new. Mm, yes, I thought I'd review some uh, Seeing as this is our debut of our once monthly beauty hack So, you know, I love the drama of a shapely cat's eye It reminds me of the glamorous movie star earlier from the 1960s And even on a normal work day, I find it gives me a little bit of quiet drama which I like And of course, if you like to rock the latest runway beauty trends Like the reverse cat eye drawn on the lower eyelid Ooh. A good eyeliner is essential uh, So for today's episode, we review different eyeliners With our verdict on a few key areas uh, such as ease of use, texture, how long it stays, and price. First up, I tried Benefit's high-profile Their Real Push-Up Eyeliner. I love the package. It's got a twist-off cap, really swanky with a quilted design on the cap. It's also quite a thick pen, feels good in your hand with the right kind of weight. It's supposed to be ergonomically designed to fit in your hand, whether you're a lefty or a righty. To use it, you twist the bottom until you see a little bit of the gel ink appear at the top of the AccuFlex TM applicator, which looks a bit like a thin diagonal office blade, but not as wide. So now I spent a good five minutes twisting and waiting because I didn't want to accidentally twist up too much so that was a waste of time and when it finally did appear at the tip of the applicator I spent another 10 minutes or so trying it out on my eye the Dear Real push-up eyeliner by Benefit has been touted to hug your lash line and give you a long-lasting back wing 
Now, I knew I'd have to learn how to use this product, so I looked up the how-to video on Sephora.com and you can check it out too. A few things put me off about this video. Number one, you had to wipe off and waste the first bit of gel. And every time you use it, you have to wipe off the tip. Waste not, what not, I say. But at least you don't have to keep twisting anymore after the initial twist-up. Uh, number two, you have to use other products with it for a more satisfying result. Primer, eyeshadow. <laughs> And now for the application To get a thin line You have to use less pressure For a thicker line Put more pressure on Not so simple I pressed harder And got a weird blurry line Which I had to reshape And fill out further Next the texture Now this is a gel So depending on how much You have on You can expect that Thick cakey texture That you get from gel liners Thank goodness We said goodbye To those gel pots and brushes If you have a thick line The Benefit Push Up Liner Can feel like you have A lot of thick paint On your eye that's dried And makes your skin Feel a bit stretched But not to the point of pain or discomfort you just feel like if you open your eyes too wide the gel will crack um, third the stress test I drew a line on my hand and after about 5 minutes ran a finger rigorously over it no smudging pretty good then I put my hand under running water and rubbed the line again it stayed put next I put some hand soap over the line rubbed and rinsed the line stayed put too last price this baby costs 90 ringgit it's available at Sephora and standalone benefit stores overall verdict if you have time and you're going to a ball or something go ahead and splurge on this one with some practice you can get good results and the guy at the store says it lasts 90 days but really it depends on how much you use each time and OPS I also had to use a fair bit of eye makeup remover to get everything off so there's that to consider too Next on the list, Revlon's Colorstay Liquid Eye Pen. Packaging is pretty standard and what I loved seeing at first glance was how much like a fat sharpie the tip looked like. On application, because the tip was thick with a pointed end, I had a really easy time creating my cat's eye and I loved the glossy, opaque texture of the ink. Unfortunately, when it came to the stress test, the Revlon Colorstay Liquid Eye Pen did not stay. It failed. Upon rubbing the line, there was smudging. Under the tap, the ink ran completely and I didn't even have to use soap. So seeing as KL is humid and your eyelids may get a little oily by day's end I'd say it's a bit risky with this one I wouldn't even go to the movies with it Price For something that runs so easily I wouldn't pay $36.90 for this which is what I paid Final verdict Thumbs down Next on the list, I have Maybelline's Hyper Sharp Liner. The Hyper Sharp by Maybelline has a very thin tip, so it's great for the more classic looks when you just want a thin line and lashings of mascara as opposed to a thick line. Although if you wanted a thicker line, it's really easy to draw with as well. It just means you spend a bit more time and I get the feeling you'll run out a lot faster too. But thumbs up for malleability. Texture, the ink's a little bit watery but it dries within a few seconds and you may have to go over twice but you get a pretty decent line. Stress test, the Maybelline Hyper Sharp line did not smudge even just after 10 seconds. Seconds, it withstood the running water test and faded only a little with the soap test. It didn't take too much effort to remove with eye makeup remover. Price at 1988 ringgit. This is the featherweight of all the eyeliners. And final verdict, I would say at this price, get the Maybelline for your second liner for backups and emergency liner situations. Pretty handy to have around and good value too. Last but not least, Stila's Stay All Day Waterproof Liquid Eyeliner. Available at Sephora, the Stila Stay All Day has a fine to medium tip. One advantage it has is that it's softer, so it glides a lot better on the delicate skin of your eye. I found the Stila Stay All Day the easiest to draw my cat's eye with. The ink was smooth and had a glossy, thin but opaque texture that also dries within seconds and it feels really comfortable on the skin. The stress test, the Stila pen withstood rubbing water and faded a little only with the soap, but upon trying it out daily I found that this was a plus point because I could remove it easily with face wash in the shower and I saved on eye makeup remover the Stilla does cost 65 ringgit but it lasts for 60 days or more 
final verdict from the way it glided on I spent the least amount of time drawing my eye with this one and I got a great line every time so top choices the Stilla ranks as a favourite give the Revlon a miss but maybe keep the Maybelline around as a backup or second liner for emergency touch-ups and more classic looks and now on to Tasha with some eyeliner hacks Okay, so we'll start with the first hack, which I found the easiest one to do. You basically just have to trace out the shape of the cat eye and fill it in. So this works really well if you have a finely tipped liquid eyeliner so that you can get a nice clean outline. Instead of starting small at your eyelash line and eventually building up the shape of the wings, just draw the outline of the cat eye you want and then fill it in with your eyeliner, which can actually be gel or pencil liquid form. It doesn't really matter. Um, I like this because you don't need any other tools and the outline of the wings look perfectly defined if you use good liquid eyeliner. So as Maya mentioned, the Maybelline Hyper Sharp Liner has a really fine tip that works well for this and it only costs 19-20 ringgit. The second tip would be to draw out the shape of the cat eye in lighter coloured pencil first. So if you have a beige or white eyeliner, you can try using that to get the shape that you want before colouring it in with a black or brown liner. It's not a bad idea but I always find that light liners, especially white ones, are a little hard to apply. Third tip, uh, business cards. The business card is a pretty popular tool for putting on makeup. I first learned how to use it uh, to put on mascara. So what you do is you put it behind your lashes so that you don't have to worry about getting the mascara goop onto your lids. Plus, it actually helps to coat your lashes with more product. So for putting on eyeliner, you can use the corners of the card and position it from your nose towards the end of your eyebrows to get the angle of the cat eye you'd like. Uh, once you've drawn in the bottom line of the wing, Take the card and place it over your eyelid to draw in the rest of the wing. Um, it might be hard to visualize this, so you can search using business cards for makeup over at Michelle Fan's YouTube page. And the fourth tip is um, the spoon, which is supposed to work like the business card, but I thought this was a disaster for me. Uh, the spoon isn't flat like the business card, so it's quite hard to place it comfortably on my eye. And then I kept having to readjust the spoon around to get the right angle, which was leaving smudges on the rest of my eye and it was getting all messy. Plus, it's just plain weird to use a spoon to put eyeliner on, so I'm just going to forget this one. <laughs> Um, the fifth one is sticky tape. So in the same way you would use masking tape to paint lines on a wall or painting, you're basically creating a stencil for the shape you want using sticky tape. First, you start by trying to reduce the amount of stickiness on the tape uh, so that you're not removing whatever foundation and makeup that you already have in your face and it's a bit more gentle on your eye. Then imagine that there's a line that runs from the corner of your nose to the tip of the end of your eyebrow. That's where your first sticky tape should go. Then you take the second strip of sticky tape and match it from the corner of your inner eye and pull it across your eyelid till you meet the other piece of sticky tape. Then you just colour within the lines. This works because you don't have to worry about overcolouring, and the satisfaction you get when you peel off that sticky tape to reveal a really defined tail is awesome. But the downside was that I couldn't get an even shape on both eyes, but I suppose with a bit of practice this one could work quite well, especially if you want to create a more dramatic and sharp tail. So those are some of the tools and tips that you can try to get a sexy and defined cat eye. If your makeup tends to run and smudge halfway throughout the day, try covering your lids with primer first and then set the eyeliner in with some eyeshadow in the same shade. But sometimes smudge eyeliners can't be helped in our weather. So maybe choosing the right waterproof products and having them on standby for touch-ups are the best way to go. I'm Tasha Fusil and together with Maya Tan, you've been life hacked. 
And that's it for now on A Sunday Kind of Love with me, Maya Tan, Tasha Fusil, and our resident couch potatoes, Christina Oro and Mia Elena. Tune in next week for more things to look forward to in the week ahead. Before we go, here's someone whom I think is going to be big time. I love her smooth vocals. I love her attitude. And you heard it here first. This is Banks with the Snake Hips remix of her single, Warm Water. This is A Sunday Kind of Love, PFM 89.9. Hey Siri, want to go have sexy time? I don't know how to respond to that. Whatevs. Looking you over You don't know my name yet By the time you looked away Already knew I couldn't fake it I got this need for you For me Today we're worlds apart I got this thing for you You come closer, I can whisper in your ear And if you want to walk away I'll tell you all the things I know you'd want to hear Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.